In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So in this Gospel, we see that there's a little bit of a conflict where the people who are the disciples of St. John the Baptist were confused to see who's in charge here. St. John, you're baptizing, but there's a lot of people who are following Christ. Who's, the, who's in charge? Who's the top? And St. John spoke adamantly about his role in comparison to Christ's role. And it's beautiful to see how St. John looks at Christ and how he acknowledges who Christ is in relation to himself. And he says one verse here that we're going to focus on today. He says, He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. And this is one of the key or central points of Christianity. Like if we look at Christianity as a whole, this concept is what we should be striving for. That he must increase, but also I must decrease. There's a saying that we always hear in like in dramatic times in certain movies where they say, like this place isn't big enough for the both of us. Right? Where there's like two people who come face to face and they're fighting over a, a specific location and this idea of saying, okay, one of us has to go. We can't both be here. And this is the struggle that we have inside of ourselves every single day of our life. And this struggle started early on, since humanity came into the picture, since man was made. There's been this battle. My will versus God's will. My desires versus God's desires. My glory in the eyes of everyone versus God's glory in the eyes of everyone. And this battle is a continuous battle that it never ends. I wish I can come here and say, okay, at this age or at this time or at this period of, in your life, this battle is over. No, this battle continues. And those who live a saintly life, a holy life, are the ones who battle this and continue to battle this until the end and eventually win this battle through the grace of God and through His, um, His power. So when we, talk, when we talk about He must increase, I must decrease, the first thing that we think about is how come one of us has to increase and one of us has to decrease? Why can't we just both get along? I get my part, God gets His part. But the idea is that we are not, it, it's not, we are not made for that. We must decrease in order for God to increase. St. John spoke very adamantly here. And, and it's the idea that the Holy Spirit cannot abide in us if, if I'm completely in charge. So the first aspect is acknowledging who's in charge. Acknowledging who's the king. When you, when you think about kingdoms and um, 
like a, a patriarchal uh, country or environment. Everybody knows who's king. Everybody knows who's in charge. And, uh, and their life goes according to those who are in charge. The laws are made by who's in charge. The, the structure of how they live. The, 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 everything goes according to the king or who's in charge. St. John here is teaching us that we must first acknowledge who's in charge. And again, this is very easy. It's much easier said than done. If we ask who's our king, who are we worshiping? Of course, everybody here is going to say God. If not, then we wouldn't be here this morning. But the idea is not just to acknowledge him, but to really live as if he is king. So there's, it's a, there's a difference. I can acknowledge that I have a king. I can acknowledge that I have a superior. But unless I live like I have a superior, then my words don't mean anything. St. Augustine spoke a lot about this concept. And it was a, he writes um, in a beautiful way what this, what this means. He says, May God, who is always perfect, grow and increase in you. For the more you comprehend Him, the more He will appear to increase in you. As for Himself, He does not increase, since He is the everlasting perfection. This is also true of, a, of the inner depths of a person, for He truly grows in the Lord God, who appears increasingly in Him. However, the person himself seems to diminish when he falls away from his own arrogance and establishes the glory of God. In order for us to start this process, we must accept and believe that he is king. Secondly, we have to, in humility, accept our role. So we have acknowledged that he's king, but what does that have to do with me? What is my position then? If he's the king... Who am I? And St. John spoke many beautiful words about who he is in comparison. But also we see that, uh, like St. Augustine says, that it's not a matter of God increasing in who he is. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He was the same. It's the same God. Many people say that God was different in the Old Testament Versus now. It's a different God. There's, there's people who say that. That's not true. We know that God, who created Adam and Eve, who created the heaven and the earth, and everything therein, is the same God that we see here, in front of us, on the altar. So, the Trinity has been there from the beginning. But we see here that His increase is not a matter of more God, or he gets, he becomes more powerful, but it's, it's a matter of the increase in our life of God, that he is now revealed to a higher level in our life. It's kind of like if, if you're listening to something on, in your car or on your phone, that song is there. It's there. It's the same song. But you have the ability to increase or decrease the volume. And the, the, the more you increase the volume, does not change the song. It does not affect the song. 
It's just louder and more people are able to hear it. And that's what, how we should be living our Christian lives. That we need to increase the volume of who God is in our life. That He's revealed on a, on a deeper um, uh, level. St. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. He acknowledges his role. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. St. Paul takes it to another level. He says, yes, I must decrease, but to the point of complete death. Like, I must decrease to the point where I'm not even a part of this equation anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. So when... That's why when we look at St. Paul, we don't really look at him, we see Christ inside of him. And when we see people who are living a godly life, a holy life, we, we don't really notice much about them, but we notice Christ working inside of them. We see Christ revealed in them. So the first thing is acknowledgement of who is the king here. Who's in charge here? There's a beautiful um, uh, Christian skit that shows there's a stool. And whoever sits on the stool makes decisions. And in this skit, the person, there's, there's Christ and then there's the person. And the person says, God, I need you to make my decisions in my life. I need you to guide me. You are my king. So God came and sit, uh, sat on the stool. And then little by little, the person would push him off. Said, okay, okay, you get the next decision. I want this decision. I, I, I want to do this. You do this. You take the next part. And that's what we do with God. Where we say, okay, let me, let me handle this. You get the next one. But acknowledgement of Him being King teaches us that there is a submission that is involved. So the first is acknowledgement. Second is humility to accept our role. It takes a very humble heart to say, okay, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go and you're in charge. In everything in our life, it's, it's very hard to let go. Because there's a matter of trust that goes beyond understanding in order for us to completely let go that we believe in who Christ is, that He may save us. That He wants what's best for us more than I can think of myself. When we say, when we say to be humble, we must be willing to give up everything to God so that He may work in us. And this idea is a very hard idea. It's a very hard idea. And this cannot happen without the power of God inside of us. So it's a, it, it kind of works together. I can't be humble enough to let God work and for me to accept my role without me experiencing Christ first. That's why many people have this idea of saying, you know, Abuna, I'm, I'm very... I've messed up a lot. I've been very far from church. 
And when you ask them to come to church, they say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to come to church. I'm not ready to take communion. I'm not able to take communion because I'm so bad. I've messed up so much. I can't take communion. I can't confess. I'm too bad. Let me work on myself first and then I'll come. That's the devil's biggest trick. The devil's biggest trick is to convince us that we're not good enough to enter into church. But what we know from, from the Gospels is that we need Christ in order for us to be transformed. We need Christ in order for us to be healed and to be made well. We don't become well and then ask for, for Christ's involvement in our life. The third thing is the participation in the life of the church. When we say he must increase and I must decrease, it requires us, we can't have him increase in our life without our unity or connection with him. What does that mean? As we know, in a couple of weeks, we have the great fast of Lent. And the, this great fast of Lent is a time where this verse stands out. Because as we fast, as we pray, as we attend more church services, as we do more readings, as we connect to Christ on a deeper level, in a more serious way, during this time, the body decreases. The mind decreases. Everything decreases, and at the same time, Christ is increasing. You can't have one without the other. He can't increase while I increase. He can't increase while I increase. It must be Him increasing and, and me decreasing. St. Augustine says, What means then He must increase, but I must decrease? This is a great mystery. Before the Lord Jesus came, men were glory, glory, glorying of themselves. He came a man to lessen man's glory and to increase the glory of God. He must increase, but I must decrease. That is, He must give, but I must receive. He must be glorified, but I must confess. Let man know his own condition and confess to God. This, this idea of knowing our own condition, if we're serious and if we're honest and we learn our own condition, it triggers us to run to God. Those who are distant from the church or distant from God do not acknowledge their own condition. They don't consider their condition in the real way. When we look at, when we look at uh, the Eucharist, we must see Christ, but also at the same time as we look at Christ, we see our own sin. And that's what repentance is about. Because we're not able to see our own sin without seeing Christ. If we look at, our, if we look at a mirror, we don't see anything different. 
We see us how we are. So if I look at a mirror and I try to repent, I seem fine, everything's fine. But if I look at an image of Christ and I'm comparing myself to Christ, that's when I realize how much I have to decrease, how much I have to work on myself, and how much He needs to increase so that He can be revealed. So that He can be revealed in the eyes of everyone. As Christ increases, our actions increase. Meaning, our life in Him increases. Our fasting, our prayer, our, our church attendance, our reading the Bible, our reading the Igbeya, our, our, just, our life in the church increases. And that's the only way they go hand in hand. So this battle continues. And I, and I joke that this battle is every day. This battle happened this morning when you're getting out of bed. This battle is going to happen later tonight when you're going to sleep and you're, you're fighting, should I pray, should I not pray? I just prayed this morning. This battle happens every morning. Should I pray, should I not? This battle happens during the fast when we start reconsidering certain items and justifying how vegan things are. How much does God care about certain percentages of milk or of this or of that? Does God really care? This is the matter of increasing. As He increases, we see the world in a different way. You look at, you have two people who 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 are living here. One is living this verse, he, that Christ is increased in his life and, and he must be decreased. The other is the opposite. That person's lifestyle is going to look different. If, if that person loses somebody in their life, it will be tough. He will mourn. But at the same time, he ha- he's filled with Christ and that he's, he's comforted and he's able to look at the world in a different way. So as we continue in this, in this liturgy, I pray that as we pray the prayer of reconciliation and, uh, and uh, anaphora and follow the words of the institution narrative, that we are trying to decrease ourselves. That if you're tired, that you push through it. That if your mind is wandering, that you push through it and that you focus on the words that are being prayed. And during this time, we are decreasing. And as we get closer to Christ and as we, get, as we participate in, uh, partake of His body and blood, we also are, He is also increasing in us and glory be to God forever. Amen.